All right, episode 37, back after a short hiatus. Uh, I had a new puppy, so I was off for like a week. <laughs> uh, no, dad, life's cool, man. It's a little different, a little different to get used to. I'm getting more sleep now than I thought I was going to. The first couple nights, not so much. So uh, it's getting there. It's the worst. Yeah. You got, or you get, you're like, oh, she's down for an hour. Let's, <laughs> let's take an hour nap. Today was the first I actually like napped when she napped. Uh, cause I've been like staying up to like one or two o'clock in the morning. And when she fusses and I feed her, and then after I feed her, I try to get her back down, change her, and then the alley gets up, might sit with her for half hour and gets her down. She goes to sleep again. The first night, though, it was any like movement in the monitor. We we're like the dog from up, like squirrel. And like run across the hall to check on her. So first night wasn't good. Her mom stayed here the second night to let us just sleep. And then we just like, we got to get here. Third night was a nightmare. Like we just, we got to do something here. We got to get her in a routine. So it's getting better. She's kind of, hopefully she'll sleep tonight. Allie's still up. So, all right. Uh, just a reminder, we are on threestarrecruits.com as our website. Around follows on Twitter, the number three star recruits. Uh, the website has blogs, sports betting blogs. If that's your thing, we also have another podcast, DFS units for sports betting and daily fantasy for NFL, which is, uh, I don't know how to, if you, I, if people aren't using these lineups, you just hate life. You hate it up. It's stupid. <laughs> Absolutely stupid. The run he's on with his information. I mean, Mike's doing an unbelievable job. The one week we didn't cash. I think I missed by like two points and Deontay Johnson got hurt in the first quarter. And we yeah. just, we cashed last week with an, uh, the flex guy got hurt before the game started. We still cashed. So, uh, things are good. We're also on YouTube and Apple and Spotify. So go give us a look, a listen, do those things. Give us some love, uh, potentially some, something new next week, maybe a giveaway. Our first one. I have something in, Ooh. I have an iron in the fire with a, since most of our listeners, I think are local here uh, where we live. I have a local business to reach out to me uh, with some potential offer. Maybe we'll do like a gift card giveaway. I got to talk to him, but I don't want to say it when Ryan's with your smack and cheese. So <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> All right. So before we get into it, we want to talk about the Masters a lot tonight because that's like, that's our thing. So happy holidays, guys. It's Masters week. Uh, I watched a lot of old Masters today because I didn't go anywhere. I did go somewhere. I bought <laughs> furniture today, but I came home and watched old Masters. So the first thing I want to talk about, I've actually wanted to talk about this for a couple of weeks now, but with us not being together. And I probably should mention we are missing Stat Boy tonight. We miss you, you little fucker. I hope you get better. I hope your vagina heals up. I know what it's like. My wife's got stitches in hers right now. So I hope you get better. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I hope you're with us next week. Uh, I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence. I know we've, I think all of us have watched a little more college football than normal this year. I know I have. And Lawrence was out because he's on the COVID list. He's missed the last two games. And Clemson lost last week, which I think 
honestly, them be, not being number one is irrelevant. They're going to finish the top four. They're going to be in the playoffs, and he's going to be playing probably at that point. But the conversation is, does Trevor Lawrence <laughs> leave Clemson, or does he go back because he doesn't want to play for the Jets? No, I think, Russ, you brought it up a couple weeks ago, and now it's become more and more of a conversation. We got more and more, I'll, we'll call them experts, weighing in on it. And I've now developed my own thoughts. So now that this has happened and he's gotten, he's been out for a couple of weeks and things are starting to shape up in the NFL with we're in the back half of the schedule now for the season, uh, who could have some picks there? What do you guys think Lawrence should do? What, what's your, what's your opinions on, should he go back to school? Should he just turn pro? What do you guys think he should do? Um, Short answer is I think he should go pro. And so the main, re- well, a couple of reasons, right? He's already won a national championship in college. If he didn't have a national championship, you could make that argument that, you know, you want to come back and try to win that, but he's already done that. Um, I think the big, the reason we talked about this a few weeks ago was somebody had come out and basically given him the advice that if the Jets have first overall pick, he should go back to college and avoid playing for the Jets uh, at all costs because their organization is just a mess. As of right now, if the season ended today, the Jets would have first overall. And I believe Jacksonville is not very far behind, right? They're, they have one win. Yeah. One and seven. So my main thought as to why he should go pro is – if he, if he stays in college, I don't envision the Jets or the Jags getting any better, especially the Jets. And I would say there's just as equal a chance that the Jets finish last place next season. So, I, I don't know. I just think if you go back to college, because if your sole reason for staying in college is you want to avoid playing for the Jets – I think the likelihood of, of the Jets having number one overall two years in a row is probably equal. Could happen. My opinion. That's, yeah. my, that's my initial that's my initial thought on it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I think when we talked, yeah, I don't know what was three weeks ago, four weeks ago about it. We all said, eh, don't go because the Jets, but I think we've seen now that they've got some talent at wide receiver. Now that we saw, at least we saw Mims come back. We kind of knew what they had in Crowder. Harriman stepped up the past couple of weeks, but who knows if that if that's the Harriman you'll see. But I think Mims is a good receiver. If they draft Lawrence, they can also build that line. I think their defense is okay. They're not great, but they're not. I don't know what their stats are this year, but I assume they're not like bottom five in the league. Um, they seem to play well. Um, get to the get to the quarterback some play the Jets, Jets played well last night obviously they're playing a bad New England team but took them right to the to the wire last night and luckily for Kyle New England pulled it off yeah dude I got a futures bet for someone to go 0 16 so that was the only time I was rooting for New England <laughs> so but yeah I, I think you should leave I don't I don't I mean as Russ just said I don't think it matters you know if he doesn't come out I don't really see the Jets are, you know, 
whether it's the Jets or uh, Jacksonville, Giants, I don't see them getting much better. Um, they're going to struggle again for a few years. It's not like most NFL teams don't get a quarterback and turn it around. Right. It's not a tremendously. Right. So I don't think, I don't think he should go back to Clemson. And I understand the Jets. It's not just they're a bad. Team. They're not. I don't think they're a. They're not a good team, but I don't think they're a terrible team. There's there. We saw potential last night. But we also saw Joe Flacco play closer to the level we used to see Joe Flacco than we have in the past. Joe Flacco was a Super Bowl MVP at one time, so he clearly has some talent there. He's been hindered with injuries. There, the issue is, I think the GM in New York, from what everything I've read and listened to, they think he's a pretty good guy. He's drafted some pretty good players, and they've drafted well. But you have to get rid of Gase. And that makes the organization as a whole look like a laughing stock because you have a terrible coach. And I, I just, I couldn't believe that they start one, they started the season with him. And then two, after things were just completely south, four or five weeks in, this guy's still here. If you don't fire that guy within the next couple of weeks or before next week, you, you should do some serious soul searching. But I think the thing that sticks out to me is, is it number one pick? When you know who you are, because that's the, that's the thing I've heard for the last two weeks from, you know, some of these guys have interviewed him is Trevor Lawrence knows exactly who he is. He knows what position he is. He knows he's probably going to be the number one pick, and that hinders on him. Nobody steps into a good position as number one pick. There's a reason that team has the number one pick. It's not like you're going to step into a winning situation. So if that's what you think you're stepping into and you're not willing to put into work, then don't even turn pro, go back to Clemson, play another two years, and then just – get a job working nine to five. I, I, there's some other things that could happen here. There's no guarantee the Jets could have number one pick as well. There's some things out there right now that if the Jets run off one or two wins, we got some other teams out there. You, got, you mentioned the Jaguars, one and seven. They just benched Minshew. They played their janitor last week who surprisingly <laughs> played well. You have the Texans who are two and six. They don't need a quarterback. Texans are in a tough division. There's no – if they're – I mean, we're eight games in the season. What if they only win another game or two? They might have, depending on how this pans out, they might have a one or two pick. And the Texans right now don't have a good pick for two rounds. Right. So they don't need a quarterback. Their, their first and second round picks belong to Miami. You have the Cowboys two and seven. Don't need a quarterback. If they're smart, they're going to they're gonna take care of Dak when he comes back and make the right decision there. Washington might need a quarterback. They're currently two and seven. Alex Smith threw up some numbers last week. They did lose. They lost to the Giants, which doesn't look good on paper. Lions yeah, are looked the up. Redskins, the Redskins might win that division, though, so they might be a playoff. If Alex Smith <laughs> plays like he did last week, well, he came in the game. He threw for over 300 yards last week. So who knows? Lions, three and five. Matthew Stafford is a walking liability. He's always hurt. I mean, I don't dislike the guy, but he is. He seems to always be something wrong with him. And he got hurt last week, left the game. Unfortunately, he's not a free agent until 2023, and he still he signed a $135 million contract. So I don't know who's going to take that contract over. We're going to want him. Most places, he's probably going to be a backup unless he goes to a Washington or the Jets or somebody like that. The other team's the Bengals, two and five. They don't need a quarterback. They're clearly in the rebuild mode. They're aware of it. They're giving Burrow reps. 
I think Burrow looks pretty good for a rookie. He's exceeded my expectations. The team that needs a quarterback. Probably, what's that? I'll say the Bengals probably hoping they get that number one overall because they could get a massive trade package. For oh, them. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, the Bears need a quarterback, and they're five and two. Right. So maybe the Bears make a move and trade up for that pick, or I, I don't know. But the Bears, I think, in my opinion, might be screwing themselves at five and two. If they win a couple more games, finish eight and eight, you're not going to have that great a draft pick. And I just oh. don't think the draft class is very deep this year. And we don't know how deep it is because some teams are playing limited schedules, not at all. We haven't seen everybody yet. So my 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 quick answer is you turn pro. I do believe the number one pick is guaranteed like $35 million or something crazy like that, if I'm mistaken. Right. It's somewhere right around there for being the yeah. number one pick. And it's not like he's not playing because of injury. If, I think if he was playing because of injury, you might there might be other conversations had, but it's not because of injury. Um, and as you mentioned, Clemson and Notre Dame are going to play again here in like four weeks anyways, right for the ACC title, yep. more than more than likely. And if, if Lawrence is in that game, and um, I texted some friends right after that game, I said, if Lawrence is back for the ACC title game, give me Clemson by double digits. Um, yeah. it, I mean, uh, I'm not going to say it, DJ, I'm not going to say his last name, um, or try to pronounce it, I should say. He uh, he played well, but he's definitely not Lawrence. So Is he a freshman? Uh, I think he redshirt, right? Maybe. Uh He's either a freshman or a redshirt freshman, one of the two. And he was, like was going to recruit. Yeah, that was a point I was going to make was, you know, obviously Travis or Trevor Lawrence is their starter. If he came back next year, he would be their starter. But for the future, Clemson is in very good hands with oh, yeah. DJ Ugungalale. Ugungalale. <laughs> Better than I can say. Ukulele. Something, something like that. I mean, you gotta figure the kids uh, he's, only he's made true freshman. Yeah. You gotta figure the kids only made two starts now. And you know, he led them to a good come from come from behind win two weeks ago. And then this past week he didn't look bad. I didn't watch all the game, but right. You know, for kid for a true freshman that's only made two starts in college football, he you know, he's proving they're in they're in good hands for the future. Yeah, they didn't get blown out by Notre Dame. I mean, it was I would love to no. have watched overtime. Yeah. But yeah. I mean you would <laughs> Oh my yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, given, given that scenario, take the specific teams out. If you take anytime you have a number four ranked team in the nation playing number one and number one does not have their starting quarterback, you would expect number four to win that game. At least I would. Yeah. If they're typically truly teams, a four, fourth, top four team. Yeah. And typically a true number one in the country usually has one of the best quarterbacks in college football. So you would expect Notre Dame to win that game. Then this is not to get too deep down college football, but this is an interesting year for Notre Dame, right? Because they, they joined the ACC this year so that they could play a schedule. And if they're independent, say if they're independent and they go beat Clemson, but they don't have a, you know, a title game or anything like that, that could hurt them later in the year if they lose another game. But if they, if they somehow slip up here in the next, you know, four games and then they play Clemson tight, they've already beat them once. If they play them tight and Clemson wins that game, there's a good chance they probably get in anyways in the top four. 
Right. So I th- that re- that truly helps them to have have be able to play an ACC title game. So I, I didn't realize, or I guess I, get, I didn't remember they did join the ACC. I, I know that this is going to piss off a lot of people, but I know Notre Dame, did their contract run out with the History Channel where they usually play their games? Because <laughs> <laughs> all their fans no, they, live in the past? Yeah, no, they, they, still, they still got that, but right, they weren't going to be able to, no conference, they, no conferences were going to play out of conference games, so Notre Dame, didn't have, they really didn't have a choice. Is it right. going to ACC or not play at all this year? So, right, yeah. But right, this I think this goes to prove if they end up making the playoff this year and losing like in the ACC title game, I think that would go to show, go to prove that if they played in a conference every year, there's a better chance that they make the playoff. Right. Right. So, yeah. That probably hinders them. They're not no. in a conference. Right. Now I don't watch a ton of football. Usually, uh, for some reason, I'm a fan of Trevor Lawrence, and I like Dabo Sweeney. So I tend to maybe pay attention to Clemson a little bit more. I won't say I'm like a Clemson fan, but if I see they're on, I'll usually turn it on. And without watching the rest of college football, to me, that Travis Etienne, their running back, jumps out big time. Like, is that kid going to – he's got to be a top 10, top five pick this year, would you think, or – uh, uh, it's going to hurt him being a running back, but he's definitely like a top 10 player in college football. Yeah, if he came I mean, back. Someone needs a running back, though. He could probably go pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So he was supposed to leave last year, but everyone questioned his receiving of the backfield. So he truly came back and said he'd come back because he wants to work on his pass catching. That's yeah. truly why he came back for his senior year. Like I said, yeah. he's already won two national titles. Like, he does. It's not yeah. like it was for, like, national title or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I like I said, I haven't watched a ton of their games. But he usually sticks out as a pretty solid player. Yep. Oh. All right, gentlemen, yep. let's move on to the goods. It's Masters right. week. You got that tingly feeling in your balls? You getting excited yet? <laughs> it is weird that, uh, yeah, we're gearing up for the Masters followed by Thanksgiving. So, yeah, usually, usually it's somewhat around Easter weekend. So, <laughs> right. not Thanksgiving. Same, another big dinner, but different, different time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but the but the weather feels the same as April usually. Yeah, it's raining right there. Actually, it now. might be a little warm. <laughs> it yeah. might be a little here, warmer even here. So here in New York, it's yeah, it's April or May weather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's some things I want to mention real quick about Augusta and the Masters. First, we would be remiss if we did not mention Sergio Garcia. It's extremely unfortunate he can't play this week. And I'm not sure if you guys heard or saw this. That ends a streak for him. He's played in 84 straight majors, and it ends a streak. So yeah. that's really unfortunate. That's, that's, I, that's a crazy streak. It is. And, I mean, I I know a lot of people don't like Sergio. I do like Sergio. So <laughs> you don't like Sergio? Uh I won't. I won't dog the guy because he's he uh, he is out with COVID. I don't want to, you know, beat him when he's down. But yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of Sergio. I just thought that sucked. Like that's how you go out <clears throat> with your yeah. streak of 84 majors. I, no, I I do. I completely agree with that. So that sucks. So, what are you guys looking forward to most? I know it's a different season. So, what are your expectations and what do you what do you expect to see this mm-hmm. week? I'm, um, I'm to be honest, 
I'm Go ahead. truly. I, I hope you're being honest. Obviously, yeah, yeah I, don't, don't fucking I'm, lie to us. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of excited to watch Bryson first. I don't know. I like. I don't want him to win or anything. But is there a kick button on the this? way he? <laughs> the way the way he's talking about where he's gonna drive the ball, like I don't know. I'm I'm just interested. Obviously, you've got to keep it straight, anyways. But yeah. I don't know. I'm I just have like this like I know he's mentioned on thirteen the par five. He's talking about just hitting a dead straight into the fourteenth fairway. Like who cares? So yeah. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm just interested to see what kind of lines he takes. Just be just because I don't know, I. To me, it's exciting to watch a guy try different things. Yeah. If I mean, he takes seen, a line, seen... if he takes a line they don't like, they'll plant the fucking tree overnight because they have the money and capability. <laughs> yeah. Some some players said that trees have been popping up over the last week that have never been there before, and they think that's why. They, on eighteen, I think on the right side. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. remember what hole specifically, but yeah, mm-hmm. they. Some players have already said that that tree was not there before. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's hard to. It's hard to ignore the Bryson thing right now, right? I mean, we've beat this horse to death over the last six months, but again, it's the biggest storyline leading into this tournament is his uh, strategy and how it's going to work out. So, yeah, not not a fan, but I do agree with Adam. It's going to be interesting to, just to watch it and see how it plays out. It's going to be really interesting, and I, I do want to see that. I still think the guy's a fucking dweeb, man. I was watching coverage today, and every person that went in that press room got asked about Bryson. It's like they don't give yeah. a shit. Stop, that, I mean, it's I'm tired of it being shoved on our throat. Yeah, they got to be sick of it too. That's the stuff that would annoy me. I, I, I would eventually. There's got to be a player, you know. Brooks Kepka's kind of played that. I don't know villain role against Bryson. That eventually somebody. Eventually, somebody's going to say that to the media. That look, I'm sick of talking about this guy. Let's talk about my game and and golf and whatnot. I even watched his presser today, and as I'm watching, I'm like, this guy is such a douchebag. Like he's got like the high school mentality of a golfer about how far he hits it. He yeah. literally went through hole by hole of like I had this far in, I hit this <laughs> in. I asked Tiger what he hit on 11. He said pitching wedge. Huh, that's what I hit in today. And then they were talking about how he hit pitch wedge into 13. I'm like, cool story, bro. Bubba Watson at gap wedge at one year. He won. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just don't, I don't understand. It's very like elementary, his like mentality. Like, it's just so stupid. It's like, dude, just, okay. Yeah. You hit it far. We get it. Like worry about putting the hole this week because that's what matters at Augusta. I hope yeah, he brings out that. I hope he brings out that competition driver and on the par five 15th, I hope he drives it into the water. <laughs> And then he's got to okay. drop and duff one. <laughs> they, Jack's they got said, to be getting really old because Jack's like, he could drive number one. No, he can't, you dumbass. One straight up the hill, it's yeah. 495 yards or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They uh, they said there's five key holes for him this week. Well, if he can take care of the part fives, like that'll be a huge advantage for him. But they said two. They said there's a speed slot at like 330 on two on the par five and Down tiger hit it they said yeah they said tiger hit it one the i think it was oh five when he won it and they said he had like an eight iron in so they said if, if he can catch two ten um most people hit three wood off that t on ten um 
Bubba's the only one. They said that real that's ever one that's really attacked that with a driver, and he just got it down there as far as he could. Um, Bubba, that set up and for, then set up for Bubba well because he hit the big car. Oh yeah, yep. And then they said I was at two par fives on the back, thirteen, fifteen. And then they said eighteen. Obviously, most guys, you know, lay up with a three wood there um, most of the time. But if he, you know, if he can pound one over those bunkers on the left or hit a fade, he should be fine. So. They said those are the five key holes for him this week. He is the betting favorite this week at plus 800. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just tired of it being shoved down my throat. Like, I get he hits it far. Like, I get it. Like, it's whatever. So, back to Kepka. I actually learned this week. I didn't know this before. This is why they don't like each other, and it's Brooks not liking him. And I've – you, we've talked about it. I think Brooks is kind of a tool himself and the kind of way he approaches some things. So back at the Northern Trust, pre-Bryson bulking up, apparently he had made some comments about slow play directed at Bryson. Bryson thought he'd be a tough guy and walked up to Kepka's caddy the next day on the range when Kepka wasn't there and said, you can tell your player if he's got anything to say to my say about me, he can say it to my face. So when Kepka showed up, his caddy, they said, didn't even get the full sentence out, and he marched straight over to Shambo and basically told him what he thought of him on the range. <laughs> and I was at the Northern Trust. And I don't blame – I mean, slow play has been an issue for a while on a tour, and they've talked about all these things they could do to combat it. But at the same time, it's going to take someone like Kapka just basically calling somebody out. And if it's the Shambo who does play slow, then so be it. I mean yeah. – it was uh, but remember uh, who was it called? Rory Sabatini. Remember when he called out Ben Crane playing yeah. with him? He played ahead of him. Yep. Played the hole, yep. potted out, and just kept on going. <clears throat> so, when when was that? It was recently. They said it, was be- like- it was before he balked up. So not this past year, year before. Yeah. Yeah. I think we it know- was a playoff playoff event the year before. Yeah. In Eighteen. Okay. Or nineteen. Sorry. Nineteen. Yeah. Because we know obviously there was a time with uh, Bryson and his yardage book and he was literally using a compass and like a protractor and shit to figure shit out on those yardage books i mean that would drive me nuts watching that there's no quick way to do that no which thankfully no. i think they've outlawed that for him but yeah at one point he was the poster boy for slow play no green books so. this week either no green right. books no green reading books oh is that an augusta Rule? I can't confirm that it's an Augusta thing. Um, I don't know if it's something they don't allow them to have green <laughs> books there, but that's got to be an Augusta thing. Not a they're tour not, thing. They're not using them this week. That was a topic of conversation today. I had not yeah. heard that. That's it'd be, interesting. It'd be interesting to look back. You said you were watching some old Masters film. It'd be interesting to look back to see if if that if that's been a thing over the past. That what's been a thing? The slow play, or not having not not having green oh. books. Yeah, the at, green green books. I mean, it, it it wasn't obvious. I don't think it was because the ones I watched today were oh four and oh five. So I don't even think they had them oh, back right. then. So they didn't have them, uh, and that's why there was a lot of. I don't know if it's a contributing factor, but there was always like one of those. You got to have course knowledge. You've got to play here a few times. If it's your first time, play with someone who's been here. Pick their brain. You know, Tiger did it. <laughs> When he, you know, he showed up to play. Speed did it when he showed up. He played practice rounds with Crenshaw. 
So I think it's going to be a contributing factor for guys like Bryson who've relied on almost their entire professional career. So yeah, could impact I, him this week. I think that's going to be a big thing. Right. This is only his third Masters, I believe. I think so. I don't know the exact number for Bryson. But experience is obviously always a factor there. I was listening to a interview with Charles – or, yeah, Charles Hollow III because um, he's a Augusta native. But he uh, he said he talks to Tiger a lot, but Tiger says he learns something new every year he's there. Mm-hmm. There's something new he picks up on. So experience is obviously a big factor for them. Yeah, Bryson was T29 last year. He shot 400 for four days. So – I, I don't know. I just I'm tired of hearing about how far he hits it. I don't give a shit. We know he hits it far. I don't care how long his driver is. They asked Kepka today about it. And Kepka's like, if he wants to use a 48 inch driver, I really don't care. Like, you need your driver. Right. You still got to put it. And in the Justin. Hole. Yeah, and Justin Rose is using one now too. I believe. I don't know if it's 48, but it's longer than normal. Right. And I think Phil's going to like 47 and a half, possibly. But at the yeah. same time, we talked about it before. Bryson was outside the top 100 and hole proximity from a hundred yards and in the Augusta is in my personal opinion, Augusta is not a golf course major wise. That's overly long. It is long. It's not overly long. It's not overly hard to drive it. It's not deep rough. There's not, you know what I mean? You got to hit in good spots. The key to Augusta is hitting it into the greens at the right spots. And then from there, you got to putt well. Those are the keys to winning Augusta. Just like any other major championship, there's keys to winning, whether it be driving it straight or open. The key there, in my opinion, is you have to hit it in the right spots. And if this jack wagon can't even hit a wedge to the right spots, you can hit it as far as you want. If it doesn't benefit you, then it's it doesn't matter. So, Yeah, and obviously we've heard a lot of major winners. You know, when they play these courses over and over, you have to know where to miss. Yeah. Does does he? You know, and Tiger's mentioned that a ton. Obviously, he's one of the best at it. But you have to know where to miss you miss your targets, or know where you can miss. Right. And that's obviously a huge a huge factor there, especially with the undulating greens and how fast they are. So that that's not going to be a difference this year. They're gonna they're still going to be fast greens. That's one thing that's not going to be different between April and November. <clears throat> Did any of you guys see my tweet to Alan Shipnick today? I did, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get. I was going to look up what what he asked, but I didn't. I didn't first, get a chance to. First of all, the reason I'm glad there's no fans this year is because that means that if I can't be there, neither can they. So <laughs> that makes me feel better. But there are people there from the press. That's like, they, to my opinion, they don't deserve to be there. They're jackasses. They're idiots, and. It would be like us sitting around our local bar after a round and at a turn, whether it be a tournament or whatever, and one of us shoots a good round, and the guy who can't break 100 is just, like, blowing you, like, oh, you hit your 8-iron 160? Like, they ask the dumbest questions in the world. And I'm watching Dustin Johnson's today. Here's some questions. Oh, you're going to love these. Dustin, what's a realistic par for you at Augusta? He's like, uh, 72. That's what it adds up to. <laughs> Like, what kind of question is that? <laughs> Dustin, what's your clothing script for the week? Is it scripted out by your sponsors Monday through Sunday? <laughs> um, they provide me clothes, and I have clothes that I wear Thursday through Sunday, yes. <laughs> Dustin, 
Are you okay with the backdrop they have behind you today, or do you have another one you prefer? <laughs> Get out of here. Not making this shit up. Not making this shit up. Then this one. Dustin, do you remember that time you made three eagles at the, in Augusta in one day? No, he completely <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> completely forgot about it. They, they even sent me crystals. I don't even know why I have them. I made, I made three eagles one round. They sent me crystal. For each, I have no idea why I have these crystals in my house. Just some of the dumbest questions. There was just like, and then they asked them like some random shit. Like, how do you get that second shot in to, you know, 15? Uh, of the golf club? That's how I usually do it. <laughs> like some of their questions. I mean, I'm not, none of us are at the tour level, but our, our golf knowledge is high enough and our high IQ is high enough. We could ask like legitimate questions. These guys probably can't hit other shadow. I'm not holding it against you. If you suck at golf, whatever. But if your high Q is not even high enough to ask a question, they don't even realize how stupid they sound when they ask some of these questions, these players. Like, do you think, do you think that guy gives a shit? You're asking that. What do you usually hit into that hole? I don't know. Whatever I need to depend on the yardage. How about that? <laughs> Depends how well I hit it off the tee. Yeah. Like, well, if it's downwind, it's just stupid. I had a guy ask me one time, how far do you hit your sand wedge? Uh, as far as I need to. Like, what kind of question is that? Depends if I hit it in the forehead or not. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> and I'm just, I was cringing. And that's when I started writing down some of these questions. And I, I'm like, the one that got me was the backdrop. Are you okay with the backdrop behind you, Dustin? He like turned around. He's like, Sure, whatever they want to put up there. Like, why is that a question? Oh my god! So if you get a chance, that's funny. Tune into some dumb shit, and it was Alan Shipnick who has a he has a reputation of not being liked on by the players. I don't know if you guys remember there was a Ryder Cup a couple years ago. It just mm. just asked the dumbest questions. He tweets shit. I'm like, do you even watch golf? Do you have any idea like about the game? basic shit do we send you to a class because the first he's probably holding clinics if you need to go somewhere <laughs> but this guy gets a press pass and he spends his day at augusta and i want to be like it just pisses me off it's like guys like that like you just don't deserve to be there you don't you you don't appreciate it like you should and you're just an asshole and you just i'm gonna show up and ask dumb questions why you know send us we'll be there with bells on I'll stay in Butler Cat. I'll stay wherever I'm. I'll stay in the crow's nest. So speaking <laughs> of the clubhouse. I'll sleep, I'll, I'll sleep on the part three course if they need me to. Dude, I got a question for the two of you. How long would it take you to play that golf course? What do you mean how long? How? Oh, it would probably take me eight hours, dude. I'd be like hitting shots from here. Be like I got to try yeah. something from oh. here. I got to take a picture here. It'd take me eight hours. Yeah, it, w- it, it would take me. forever. Yeah. Uh, sir, why do you have your shoes off, feeling the grass in the middle of the fairway at 6 a.m.? Dude, you, I think the thing, you mentioned – go ahead, Russ. I think the thing I'm going to miss the most is the par three contest. It usually happens on Wednesday, and they're not doing that this year. Obviously, they have their own par three course there. I look forward to watching that on Wednesday evening. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably the one thing I'm most disappointed in. I'm yeah. gonna miss the roars. Uh, yep. Yeah. The what? The yeah, roars. 
oh that, yeah, you know, yeah. The, you know the crowd's reaction that yes um yep. you, know, you hear it off camera it just seems to, it's different at augusta hearing those yep. roars yep you uh we're talking about how the, how the course is playing and everything so obviously it's gonna they think it's gonna play much softer mm-hmm. which will obviously make it play a little longer but so i would i uh was listening to a podcast I listened to um, for DFS golf. They're, they both grew up in Augusta, lived there. One guy was a caddy at Augusta for like 10 years. Um, so they mentioned that in the fall, so usually obviously the course is closed, I think it's June through September or whatever yep. it is. So when they open it back up in the rough, it's Bermuda rough, but they actually overseed it with rye in the fall. Yep. So then by the time April comes, it, it's fully grass. grown in. So they said it would be interesting this year because obviously the ryegrass hasn't grown in. So it will be, be interesting how how much different the rough is this year compared to normal. They, they also said that the it's a mix because the Bermuda has not died off. So everything's like a mix right now of everything, of grass. So they said that might, might impact it. I, I don't know. We'll see. I think I'd have too much of a heart on and lack of blood to my head playing that place that I wouldn't care what kind of grass it was. So, well, that's like you could throw like ten different kinds of grass down and I'd be like, I don't know what those are. Yeah. But obviously, to those players, they know exactly how the ball reacts out of yeah out of certain grass. So, yeah, there's a lot of traditions there. I think that others will miss that. Even us, like they had the Champions Dinner tonight, so they did still have that. Uh, I think. Did they you see the menu for that? Prime steak, quesadillas, and shit, or something like that um milkshakes they had some they had augusta rolls which are it was sushi rolls they had some uh yeah. prime steak and chicken fajitas and for de- for dessert they had a classic fawn churros with chocolate sauce and sopapillas don't ask me what those are i won't um with some salad so Served in honor of Mr. Tiger Woods. With some uh, salad. <laughs> well, I was trying to, it had the dressing that was throwing me off here as I'm reading it. I see ranch and Chardonnay. And it threw me off with, is that a, a ranch wine? But I found a uh, random Instagram <laughs> account. I'll try to send it to you guys. It has, they're doing like 14 days of the Masters. They have pictures, they're doing like, it's all in the clubhouse. So it's like pictures of like inside the clubhouse. That place is old. Like it's yeah. the inside is. Have you seen any of the pictures? It's like really outdated. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of it's original. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw pictures of the crow's nest, and it looked like you just stepped back into the eighties. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on in here and stay. So yeah, I'll have to. Do I, I find it. Send it to you. Have you Have you seen some of the? I want to say they're commercials, but they haven't been on TV. But there's been a lot of commercials. I've noticed them online more than anything. They're like just commercials that the Augustus put out, but it's like just them like painting the curbs and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know why. That just gets me excited to watch. They're literally painting a curb and like blowing leaves. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. So you <laughs> but... got that tingly feeling in your balls I was talking about. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I believe, I believe I responded to one with an eggplant. That was it. <laughs> uh, there's, oh, boy. I'm trying to think. I got like this pile of notes. Tiger tees off tomorrow morning, 7.55. Or Thursday morning, I'm sorry. You're getting in here this Wednesday. 
they are doing split tees. Some changes this year is uh, 50 and ties make the cut, and there is no 10-shot rule this year. If you're within 10 shots, it doesn't matter. It's just the cut is the cut this year. Uh, we talked about the grass. I talked about how they added uh, trees on 18. And I think the one thing that I'm really curious to see is, even though some of these tournaments haven't had fans, they still had the grandstands up. They didn't do that at Augusta. So there is no grandstands oh, yeah. like along 15. So I'm really curious like what it looks like without the grandstands there and watching it. Yeah. Did they still put rope? Did they still put the ropes up or not? I don't think so. I think they marked it out, but they never, you know. At this point, you're you're playing. They're gonna play again in April. They probably are prepping all winter for this. So it's probably mark I don't know how they do it, but they're gonna be back so, there. In so April. so it's gonna look it's gonna look more like when we go play it in a couple months. Yeah, I mean, if you got a connection there, let me know. I'd love to go play it. If I need to donate a testicle, just let me know who I got to go see to do that. All right. All right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm looking forward to, like, just, I don't know. It's I'm glad we're still having it. I'm glad they were able to reschedule and they're doing it. And I don't know, man. Augusta just has a different feel when it comes to watching golf, and I think you guys can all agree on that. Which is yep. something about it. I'll be glued to my couch while – Baby's got an appointment Thursday, but I made sure I'll be back in time before coverage starts. So there's just a different feel, and I'll be glued to my couch because it just takes priority. I woke up Monday morning and looked at my wife and said, Happy holidays. She said, What? It's Master's week. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, I'm trying to think of what else I'm going to miss. If I was there, I'd probably miss the sandwiches and the milkshakes, but I'm not going to be there, unfortunately. Normally, I, you know, this is the first year I'm going to miss the Masters due to a pandemic. Normally, it's because I just don't get a ticket. So now I'm in the same boat as everybody else. So just, I can't, I'm not going to be there. All right, so let's go. Uh, I'll give you guys the betting favorites for this week. The Shambles plus 800, uh, DJ 850, Rams plus 1,000, Kapka's 1,800. JT's plus 1,200, Rory plus 1,300, Shoffley plus 1,600, and former champion Jordan Spieth is plus 7,000 uh, on the books. So let's talk yeah. about, before we get into our picks and stuff, I texted you guys earlier and said, what are, your, uh, what are some of your favorite moments, memories, good or bad, about Augusta? I wrote a few down here. And Statboy even said us, a list of his. So whoever wants to jump in on this and some of your favorite memories at Augusta, even though you weren't there. Yeah. So I got three that jump out at me when I think about Augusta. Um, obviously at our age, we're, there's some recency bias, right? We don't remember the big moments from the 60s, 70s, et cetera. But um, I'll go recent and back uh one thing that i always even if i don't catch it live i always try to go back and find video of the ceremony ceremonial tee shot to start the tournament yep which i don't know over the past de decade or so has always been uh arnie palmer jack nicholas and gary player so the one always sticks out in my mind is 2017 which was the first one after arnold palmer had passed away and that was kind of a 
I don't know, a mini memorial service as much as it was a ceremonial tee shot for the tournament. So I usually, like I said, I usually try to go back and watch that. And that first one without Arnie, I don't know. I always, I always remember that one kind of sticks out in my mind. Um, then there's two shots that I think about when I think about this tournament. 2012, we know Bubba won in the playoff hole. He hit that hook wedge from, they claim the yard is like 65. He claims it was like 45, but either way, he had to hook it about 40 yards or something. Yep. 165. But uh, yeah, that's like to hit a wedge with that much hook spin on it. And then we remember it hit the green and still took a right-hand turn. Uh, that's got to be one of the better shots that we've maybe ever seen. And then, in my opinion, the most iconic shot of this tournament is Tiger's chip in on 16 in 2005. Um, I think at that time, he had, well, obviously that was his tee shot. He had pulled the tee shot a little bit left and long, which is not the ideal spot there. And the ball was up against the, the cuff, the long grass. And the announcers were saying that, you know, he'd be lucky to get inside the mark of, <clears throat> I think it was Chris DeMarco he was playing. Yep. If I'm right. Yeah. They were saying he'd be lucky to get that chip inside DeMarco's ball. And we all know what happened. He put it in, in classic Tiger fashion. Maybe that's the, uh, the easy cop-out answer, but to me, that's the number one shot or moment when I think of the Masters tournament is him putting that chip shot in. Still get goosebumps watching it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I rewatched it like an hour before we got on here tonight. And yeah, every time I watch it, I get, get goosebumps. It's crazy. That's my yeah. short list. So, I got, so that bubble, that bubble shot, I think always sticks out to me. Um, so being an Adam Scott fan, Adam Scott winning in 13. Um, I always like to watch that. Um, obviously most recently last year, Tiger winning. Um, really sticks out to me now, just getting that 15th major. And I think it's more of the closing it out on 18 and then seeing the enjoyment um, and the emotions with his family afterwards. I think that's a, a big moment. And I think that will stick out for a while. Um, and see, my emotions, the... I think I cried. <laughs> yeah, I did. It was that, that was. I mean, and last year, right, they moved tee times up because of weather. So that's, that ended early. I mean, they teed off at, I think it was like 9 in the morning. It was early. Um, I remember going grocery shop. We go grocery shop every Sunday morning and, like, hurrying back home so we could watch the final round. Um, Next time you send her by yourself, just in case you don't look back. <laughs> yeah, but then I won't have food. I got to make sure I'll I bring go. it to you. Or you can just come here. <laughs> You'll get over it. Um then one one shot that really sticks out to me is Phil from the Pine Straw on 13. Um, it's it's still to me as you mentioned earlier, Kyle. Like it take you eight hours to play. Like that'd be one shot you just like go drop a ball and, and try to hit it from there. Just to, you know, just to just to do it, hit it between the two trees. It's I don't know. It's an incredible shot, and obviously to get I do too, and I'll tell you why. Major. I'll tell you why I want to hit it from there because I've actually never been that impressed with that shot. It looked like he could have drove a truck through those trees. So I'm right. really curious of like how big that window was 
how low did you actually have to keep it coming out of that pine straw? That's yeah. No. So yeah, I would hit one from over there because I want to know. Uh, if we stick- if we, if we played that course, we would waste a, a large bucket trying to skip them over the water on sixteen <laughs> under the green. Yeah. What's wrong with that? John Rom dunked it today. Yeah, I did say. Yeah. That. I didn't say there was anything wrong with it. I just said that's why we Dude, waste I so go- much time. Yeah, and well, and I think today's birthday. They said as well, but I think they said he had a hole in one on sixteen as well yesterday in the practice round he played. Oh, so he's had back-to-back days of hole-in-ones on 16. I'm waiting for the year. <clears throat> Somebody in, like, the final group has had a bad round, and they're down by, like, six shots or something, and they purposely skip it off the water just for the hell of it <laughs> in, like, the, in, like, the final round of the tournament. <laughs> now, I know when they do that, they obviously go to the bank, the downslope towards the water. They're yeah. not on the tee box. But most of those guys get it over and get it on the green. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be fun as hell to see somebody do it during the competition. <laughs> uh, shots of st- memories that stood out to me where Tiger's chip, obviously 05 Tiger went in last year. Um, Phil's putt in 04 to win his first majors, first masters him went in the head in that putt. And I actually have a shot. It was a bad shot that stands out to me. And if I ever got the chance to ask this guy one question, this is what it would be. Uh, I know where you're going. Uh, Jordan Spieth, why did you drop that ball on 12 there instead of the drop area? Because yeah. your yardage book has a yardage mm-hmm. from the drop mm-hmm. area, and he went over to where nobody plays it. It's just wet, and he chunked it into the water. And yeah. that one that was stand out to me because even after he did that, he had a chance to win. Yeah. He could have made five that... there. Didn't he make triple? Yeah. yeah. That was an awkward nightmare watching him play that hole. Yeah, then, I'm crawling out of my skin watching. I'm like, why is he dropping it there? Why? And isn't that the same? That's the same round, I believe. Then he got to 18 and hooked his tee shot into the trees and was and still had like 350 into the hole or something. Yes. On 18. Yeah. Goodness. So those are the ones that stood out to me. And then the one from last year stood out to me. Uh, Russ can the vouch for dropping. this. Was maybe the shot I called it was going in the water was Molinari. I looked at Russ I'm like this yeah. thing's wet, and he oh, hit it. On, on, wait, what? You got clarify? You got clarify what hole? Fifteen. I called Tisha. I said this thing's wet, yeah. and he he did. I'm like he's looking way too high. This thing's wet. That thing shot out of the pine straw and just bloop right in the water. Dude, even uh, they and they they Tiger talked about this a lot after his win, but. When they were coming down to 11, that group in front of them, which I think was Brooke, I don't know, there's Brooks, Reed, and somebody because they played in threesomes. All three of them put it in the water. Oh, Finau. They all put it in the water on 12. Yeah. And he said, well, there must be something up there. And they got over there, and I think Molinari hit first and put it in the water, and Tiger just pulled out eight iron and put it in the center of the green. It, you know, it's, those are the things that you play there and you – you watch what other guys are doing. Um, Stat Boy wanted us to mention Speed dunking it in the water and Rory shooting 80 when everyone thought he was going to win it. Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> about him hooking it on 10 in the cabin? Uh, oh, I was going to say, that's the year he had to play out of like the gardens and near the cabins. <laughs> <clears throat> then on 15, all these bad shots are coming back in my mind. Wasn't there that one year Sergio? 
put it in the water on 15 and then 10 cupped it and made like a 13 on that hole or something <laughs> with a wedge. Yeah. It might yeah. have been bigger. Yes. He, he put it in the water and then instead of just, he would have been better off hitting it into the bunker and then coming out sideways. But instead he kept hitting that wedge and spinning it off the green. He did it like three times. And he was like two or three hundred at the time for the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's one of those shots where they will, they will never do this, but yeah, if he had just like hit a wedge into the bu- greenside bunker and then splash it out of the bunker, he would have saved himself about seven shots. Blow it over <laughs> the green. There's more room. That, there. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, I'm not a fan of his, so I actually enjoyed watching that one. <laughs> oh man. No, I I'm pumped for this one. Yeah. Happy. We've got it. Got it. We got a Masters. We're going to watch it. And then the next major is the Masters. We don't have to wait nine months from July to, yeah. to yeah. Augusta. So it's, it's hard got to believe different it. feels, but yeah, it's hard to believe it's been so long that Tiger's the defending champion. Yeah. 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 Ian Poulter posted yeah. a video the other day and said, if you wonder what Augusta looks like in November compared to April, it looks the same. He said it looked the same. There's no azaleas. I saw pictures where the azaleas aren't bloomed, but yeah, we still have uh, still has the Augusta feel. I think I'm I'm pumped. I just want to see it without grandstands. I just I think that's going to be weird. But at the end of the day, every one of those guys knows that it's still the Masters. There's still yep. a lot of legacy and tradition there, and there's a green yep. jacket on the line. So, yep, go win that tournament. It's going to be the same same thing. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And with that, do you guys want to get into your picks for the week? Sure. Yeah. Our, ma- our, our master's picks. Our master's picks. Yep. So we're doing another bet. So I think we're doing – I think we agreed we're doing the same bet we did uh, for the PGA, right? Yep. So we're all picking five guys, and we're doing end of the tournament, their mo- the player's money total, money total of those five players. Yep. So if, so if a guy gets cut, too bad. You don't get their money. <laughs> All right. You got, we should uh, mention – yeah, we should mention Stat Boys first because he did send us his picks. All right. He took right. DJ, Hideki, Bubba, Ian Poulter, and Kevin Na. Na, na, na. All right. All right, who wants to go first? Sit, list Taylor's again real quick. DJ, Matsuyama. Bubba, Poulter, Kevin Na. Bubba, Poulter, Nah. Nah. Not, apl- not applicable. Nah, bro. <laughs> um, I don't care. Adam, you want to go? You want me to go? Yeah, I can go. Um, so I got a couple of guys on, I, I did, did, I did, have, do you guys still have your, your, uh, picks from like January that we made? We put I some don't. money on some guys that, oh, I found mine. Oh, I got money. Yeah. On, yes. Yeah. Betting. <laughs> betting slips from Tioga, Kyle. Oh, I better yeah, find yeah. those. Yeah. I, I got have... money. I got money on JT, Xander and Cantlay. So. Yeah, I got to find mine. I think I have some on Tiger, Justin, Finau, and somebody else. I think I picked four. 
I better look yeah. for mine. So, yeah, you better find those. Uh, so my five guys, I'm taking as as Colton. Shout out to Colton here. Sweet swinging Louis Ustazen. I'm not going to um, try to spell that. Well, I was just going to say one guy I can't spell. <laughs> uh, Xander. Rory. JT. And Patrick Reed. Ooh. I'm out. See ya. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna throw Bryson in there just for fun, but I, bet, I, I, I just like reading <clears throat> as, as a player, as a player. I'm still pissed at your dad for winning the pool because he took Patrick Reed the year he won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am taking John Rom. I'm also taking JT and Xander. So those two will have in common, Adam. I'm going to take Tony Finau. He's my dark horse this week. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to take long balls to Shambo. You guys want to do this podcast <laughs> together? I'll just find other shit to do. Long, long, long balls. I am not a fan, but I don't know. Is this like a reverse Target. pick? Like you hope because you picked it, he plays like shit. <laughs> There's part of me that doesn't mind if he's my one one guy that gets cut. Okay. But, Ross, uh, luckily for you, Finau can't play in the part three competition. No, no sprinting ankles yeah, or anything. Yeah. Yeah, really. Although he played pretty well after doing that. <laughs> he did. He did. So I have – I'll give you my picks. But I also have – I have a couple players to watch and a dark couple dark horses that I want to just throw out there for you guys. Uh, so my picks are Ricky Fowler. Uh, he has a reputation for showing up in the majors, as we all know. He's one of the best putters on tour, which is essential at Augusta. He finished yep. second in 2018. He finished top nine, T9 last year. And he only has one missed cut at Augusta in his career. Next pick is Tiger Woods. How do you not pick Tiger Woods at Augusta? Five-time champion. Just knows the golf course. I, it's hard to bet against the guy. Uh, my third pick is Patrick Cantley. He just won the Zozo at the end of October. He's playing well. Also very well at, with the flat stick. And outside of a PGA championship, this is the only major he has a top 10 in. Finished uh, T9 last year. Uh, my fourth pick, Bubba Watson. Two-time champion in Augusta, 2012, 2014. Bubba's one of the best at moving the ball both ways. They always said you had to hit a draw to win at Augusta. Bubba's famous for hitting that power cut. He has the length. The key for Bubba is the putter. If it's hot or not, he's streaky with the flat stick. I like Bubba. And my number one pick for the week is Rory. I think Rory gets it done this week. I think he wins the Grand Slam, career Grand Slam. He's one of the best ball strikers on tour, which is essential to hit in the right spots on into these greens. And Rory's in a good spot in his personal life, mentally. I like Rory this week. Players to watch, I think, could be successful. Some of the obvious, JT, Dustin Johnson, Dustin Johnson can get hot. We've seen it this year. He gets hot. He can get it going. I like Finau as well. 
maybe one that might not be on a lot of people's radar is Matt Wolf. I think Matt Wolf is one of the best ball strikers on tour, which is like we said, is very key to Augusta. My dark horses this week. I love Kiz. I'm gonna pick Kiz until the cows come home, man. I love Kisner. He's good with the flat stick. Cameron Champ clearly has the length. If he can play well, he played well at the PGA Championship. And I'm I gotta go with Jordan Spieth. I know he's struggling right now, but Jordan Spieth has since 2014 has the lowest scoring average at Augusta at just over 70. And he's led more rounds since 2014 than any other player on tour with nine. Next best is three. And I believe that is Sergio and a couple other players. I'm going to root for Spieth forever, too. He's a good kid. I feel bad for him because he's not probably living up to what people would expect out of him. He does make, he has, if you go back and look, he's making cuts, he makes a little money, but he's not winning. And that's the expectation he set for himself. And I also feel bad because he's struggling, but he's doing it under a microscope that none of us will ever have to be under when we're struggling or whatever we're doing in life. And for him, it's his job. So I hope he has some success this week. So those are my picks. Yeah, he, uh, so I wrote down, obviously doing some research for, for DraftKings this week, but in the last five years, shots gained at Augusta. Spieth is number one over the last five years. Um, just rounding out the top five of those is Rory, Justin Rose, DJ, and Hideki. So, some names to kind of watch. Spieth is one of those guys that picked up quick on Augusta, you know, just the, how to play the course. You know, he played with Crenshaw, but he always just seemed to play well there. Yeah. Uh, another guy that I looked into and just he, – he played well last week, but he's been struggling a lot lately is uh, Jason Day. You know, he's played yeah. well at Augusta, but recently he has not been playing well at all. So, well, you you never know when his back's going to act up. And yeah, it's always. He seems like either. he plays well, and he he withdraws. It seems like a lot. So, yeah. Um, I, I that guy, I, I guess a guy we haven't mentioned yet that would be interesting to watch now, knowing who's on the bag for him this week, is Webb Simpson. Who's on the bag? Bone, Bones is on his bag this week. Really? Yes. So, well, I guess they haven't officially said, but yesterday um, Bones was carrying his bed during during practice round. So they assumed he called him in for the week. And I don't know if it was, you know, something with his caddy or anything, but as of yesterday's practice round, Bones was on his bag. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Webb's plays well in majors. He hits it straight. Yep. And, 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 and I looked up shots gained since the restart. He's – He's sixth on the on the tour in shots gained since the restart. So, I like and he obviously played. He's got I don't know. He's got he's got at least two wins, maybe three wins since the restart. So, he's been playing well. Did we miss anything else from Stat Boy? I think we got his picks. We got his memories, and then I have his dud. Ooh, I have his dud. No, he has a star. He didn't have a right. dud. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no dud. No dud. He has a star. All right, cool. You guys want to get into right. our stars? Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'll kick us off real quick here. I got to find my stars since I have uh, – I got a lot going on with this paper. Ah, here they are. 
Uh, my third star is Glover Teixeira. Russ and I talked about this Sunday. This guy, 41 years old. He's 32 and 7 UFC. He, I mean, Diago Santos was his first fight back since John beat the legs out from under him. They had him pegged as possibly the next champion or next title fight. And Teixeira had his way with him. He's won five in a row now. Choked him out in, I believe, the third round. So, showed great chin. I think you got to throw it to share in that conversation for light heavyweight title contender. Now, I mean, that's five in a row. You yeah. just beat, you beat Anthony Smith and you just beat, uh, yeah. Santos. So my third star is I think it, to share. I think he was a number four rank contender yeah. going into that fight. So he had to climb. Yep. Yeah. Um, third star, I'll stick with the UFC theme. Uh, so last Wednesday, was the first time I'd ever watched uh, Dana White's Contender Series. They had four fights on there. All four fights ended in knockouts. It was They were some of the best fights I've actually ever seen in the UFC. Specifically, Ignacio Bahamondes is a welterweight that had a ridiculous front kick that knocked the guy out cold. He was out before he even hit the canvas. They said it'll probably be a knockout of the year contender, even though it's on the contender series, series. not even on the big circuit. Yeah. That is fun to so, watch those contender series. Yeah. I'll send you a link to that knockout. It was pretty impressive. Please but do. Yeah. Just that, that contender series in general was a lot of fun to watch. My, my third, third stars um, is the two headed monster plays for North Carolina, uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Last week against Duke, um, Javante Williams had 12 carries for 151 yards and three touchdowns and caught a touchdown. And Michael Carter had 17 carries for 85 yards, a touchdown, and one receiving touchdown. Um, on the year, they're both – one's averaging 7.2 yards um, a carry and one's averaging 7.3, and they've combined for over 20 touchdowns already. Um, actually, Javante Williams has – 18 touchdowns by himself already on the year. So it's pretty good. All right. My uh, second star of the week is none other than the Josh Allen. 31 for 38, kicked everybody who dogs on his uh, completion percentage in the dick. 415 yards, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown with heavy heart. The day after his grandmother died, he decided to still play. So that is my second star of the week. Um, I'll call ditto on everything you just said because Josh Allen's also my second star of the week. Three touchdowns, three passing touchdowns, no interceptions, also ran one in, so scored four touchdowns. I assumed he would be on all three of our lists. Beat the MVP. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My second – go ahead. I was going to say, at least this time – Beating the MVP, it is a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah. It's not like yeah. Cam Newton or something like that. Cam who? My second <laughs> uh my second star is the Bills defense. Five sacks, ten tackles for a loss, eleven QB hits, uh, two picks and two fumble recoveries. Um, and Trey White had a fumble recovery and and an interception in that game. Can I add to your stats? Yeah, it's 16 knockdowns of Russell Wilson, which is the most by any quarterback this season. 
long plane ride home to Seattle. <laughs> they, <laughs> was the first time it felt like they showed up all year. So, yeah. Uh, my first star of the week is I'm going to get a little sentimental here. This kind of ties into Josh Allen. I'm going to go with Bill's Mafia and the Bill's fan base. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this. People have been donating to a local hospital in Buffalo in honor of Josh's grandmother. And as just before we came on and did this and recorded, it was up to $260,000 they donated to the hospital. Uh, they had a link on Twitter. You could go and you could donate $17 or you could donate whatever you wanted. So uh, greatest fans in the world, in my opinion, unbiased opinion. We did this for Andy Dalton one time when he uh, helped him get in the playoffs, but this is kind of, this is a little different. Uh, that's a lot of money to donate to a hospital in, in Josh's honor. So Bill's Mafia, my and first the, star, 260 grand so far. You can track it. It's still going. And the uh, the hospital even put $17 was one of the increments you can donate in and put the Bill's, the Bill's colors behind the number. So yep. it's pretty neat by them as well. Um, well, now my first star seems unimportant after that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Uh, so we haven't recorded in two weeks, so I'm going to include the last two games for Delvin cook, uh, the last two games, 478 all purpose yards and six total touchdowns for cook. It's pretty good. Two week stretch. And a DraftKings champion of the week is. (laughs) (laughs) my first star and russ just kind of mentioned we would all have this guy was josh allen um i think he proved all the haters wrong um they were down on him the last four weeks i think he had combined four touchdowns and four picks over the last four games um and i believe he now has two 400 yard three touchdown games and only there's only been one other of those in the NFL so far this year. So he's got two, and every, the rest of the NFL has one. Um, and I believe he's only one of six quarterbacks ever to have two 400-yard passing games and three touchdowns. I'll read Stat Boy's star of the week. We have a official star and official statement from Stat Boy. Uh, so I'll read that. You can quote him in the transcript if you'd like, people. Star of the week, Phil Mickelson switching to game improvement, Callaway, Epic Forged Irons. Every player should take notice. An all-time great playing in peak form still understands the simple rule of form over ego. I think this message hits home hardest for a lot of mid-handicappers listening to this podcast or even sitting at this table. Whoa. I didn't that read a, that I part. think that was a shot. I think that Whoa. was a shot at us. And then he said, maybe <laughs> those blades aren't for you. <laughs> There it is. Stat boy with the official statement, dropping the hammer. I hope you come back next week and that syphilis clears up. Oh, we feel bad for you. <laughs> I got, well, hey, since he didn't have a dud, I got, I got a dud. I'm just you got a dud? here. We need a dud. I do. Uh, how about we give it the dud of the week to Penn State? Um, starting the year number eight in the country and currently sitting 0-3 and playing like garbage. Um, hey, James Franklin. <laughs> I've lost two bets because of Franklin, um, but they're just – I actually had a Penn State fan text me. 
obviously I'm a Florida State football fan and they've been rebuilding for the last like three years now but he said how do you deal with this I don't I don't know what to do I said I only watch part of the games if they start playing bad I just flipped it to another game <laughs> it's easy as that <laughs> just don't keep watching it all right gentlemen any other official statements before the sign off don't think so no. all right well next week will probably be our reactions to our new or reoccurring masters champion whoever that might be hopefully stat boys back with us and i think yep, hopefully next reoccurring week, next week the band will be getting back together in person so i'm looking forward to that all right yep. gentlemen until Sounds next good. time see you